0: Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. I have to tell you something, people. Last night, I had one of those weird, deep sleeps that I love, but it only lasted for four hours. Joanne was on set all day. She got home. Her mom's in town. Her mom's on the chair. I give Joanne the couch. I lay down on the floor, which, you know, I love the floor for some reason. I've always just loved laying on the floor. And we put on this weekend's Dateline, and I swear to God, I was in five minutes. I was out, and it was such. This is probably like at nine thirty at night, and it was just one of such a deep sleep that it's one of those things. I woke up at two, a little after two in the morning, because my guest today had sent me a message on Facebook, and I didn't want to respond because it was two in the morning, and I know on Facebook, like if I get a message at two in the morning, it makes a noise. But it was weird because I woke up and I had no idea where I was or what time I was. And then I saw there was a message from her and I thought, oh, my God, did I sleep through the interview? Which it wouldn't have happened because it was hours later. So yeah, I'm all well rested. It's good. And and talking about my guest, my guest, a uh, uh, great actress, um, spiritual. And we have a lot to talk about. My guest is Jane Sibbett. How you doing, Jane? I'm doing well. So I
1: came and visited you
0: last night. No, just, <laughs> no you, you sent me a message. It was funny, and and when I woke up because I I always sit there because Facebook sent it, it will pop up on my phone that I have a message, and yeah. and it was a normal time. I should have been awake. I, I don't know what it is. I just I was out at nine thirty. I mean I was out to the world, and I woke up at two on the floor. And you you probably had that kind of sleep where you wake up and. Oh, yeah. You don't know what time it is, and and you're like, "Is it night? Is it day?" (laughs) And my girlfriend had moved from the couch to sitting on a chair because her mom went upstairs to go to bed, and it was just crazy. So
1: yeah, yeah, I had a lot of those crazy nights, especially these days. (laughs) So I get
0: it. I get it. So now, now, now we're going to talk about the the hands, which is the dancing hands, which is so cool. Uh, You know, your website's a great site, but uh, I want to talk about you know your acting career because you. You're as a kid, did you always want to be an actor? I noticed I read something about your neighbor would introduce you as an actor when you lived in Berkeley or something like that.
1: Well, I was born in Berkeley and I was raised in Alameda, and yes, this neighbor across the street, every time I'd come into the room, he'd say, There she is, a star of stage screen, radio, and television, this big booming voice, and I would run from the room in horror because I was so shy. And this man would always make this announcement. And it's just the funniest thing that he... I guess he must have instilled that little seed in me, even though I could barely talk to anybody without crying, because I was so shy. He did instill that. No, and actually, I didn't. I thought it was a thrilling idea, but I never, ever would have thought I would be an actress. I actually really wanted to be a writer and I, I still do when i grow up i want to be a writer so we'll see how that
0: turns out <laughs> so so you're in alameda and and that's yes. near san francisco actually i went to my friend's 50th birthday party in alameda uh last year and it was very nice okay. yeah. and so you were in there and now what steps did you start to get on your road to acting because you said you were extremely shy which you know, it's, must, it's very hard to overcome to be getting on stage. When did you sit there and start saying, you know what, I got to get over the shyness or I have to get on stage? I mean, what age did that all start?
1: It's actually my parents split up when I was 13 years old. And part of the shakedown was I was just, I don't know, sad and, and kind of sick of my life. I was this, um, as my dad called me, this mentally gifted monkey. I was in this MGM program where I was pulled out with a bunch of other kids to go take college level courses when I was in middle school, and I was teased, and I felt super shy about being, you know, being smart, especially because my dad ridiculed me for it. And I just, when he left, I was, I didn't, I wanted to disassociate myself from everything that was that which kept him away from me or kept us separate. So uh, I went to, I decided I wanted to go to a Catholic girls' school with my two best friends who I'd never gone to school with and there was this acting class that i took for one week and it was so thrilling to me this concept even though i was playing a chorus girl in hello dolly this concept that i was to play something that was actually brave and or sassy or you know whatever it was at that time this little acting class and then being actually in this play that i just went wait a second, you mean I could get permission to be brave and sassy or, you know, it's something else than I've always been and get away with it? And I just went, there's such, there's such freedom and relief in this. So I liked this acting idea. And so even though I was still too nervous when I actually moved to another school out of town um, the next year, I was still too nervous to do it at school because I certainly didn't want to be ridiculed again because, again, shy girl. I took an acting class outside of, of school and started in community theater and kind of it kind of hooked in. So I went to UCLA and I had some amazing teachers and the whole deal and just you know one angelic thing after another. I really did have a miraculous even coming from UCLA where someone I had no idea who it was. I suggested I um, meet this casting director who was uh, you know casting this thing. It was my very first professional audition and within two days I was. On my
0: way to New York City to um, screen test for a soap opera. So wait a second. So so, so you went yeah. you, you go to UCLA and you're still yeah. shy. You're a shy kid. Now you know you took this is amazing. So you took community theater. You go to UCLA and you're yeah. in school and someone says, "Hey," uh, and you've never auditioned before. <laughs> and they say, yeah. "Hey, uh, we're gonna go to New York and do a a screen test." What is going through your mind cuz you're you're young and it's what you want to do but it's like you're so new to it it must have been yeah. terrifying but exciting.
1: It was so thrilling. It was so thrilling. Now, of course, a shy girl never really goes away, but I got to be better at it because I've been taking acting lessons about how to be brave and how to be bold. So, of course, you know, I don't think anybody at UCLA necessarily knew that I was that shy as I and I still am. I still get terrible party anxiety. My bed is covered with you know, options <laughs> before I go anywhere because I get so shy. I'm like, oh my goodness. But I still, um, I still, at that time, I was just thrilled to pieces to be in New York City. It was just, I mean, it was the most magical story. I mean, I didn't get this job, which was great because they would have booted me out of UCLA. You can't professionally audition for anything or get any work outside of UCLA when you're there. You have to make that commitment. But it was, it just opened my eyes to the fact that your whole life can change just like that. And yeah. I love that about acting. The next day, I mean, I could I've I've had jobs where I've been offered something and the next day I'm on my way to Hawaii or to Budapest. You know, it's been it's been an amazing journey. I've never um, ever not liked a bit of it, even when I've not gotten jobs. I just I get it; it's just magic, and you never know how magic works.
0: So, so you have that you have that that big uh, opportunity, which is amazing and eye opening, as you said, and it really sits there yeah. and says, makes you go, "Wow, you know, this," as you said, "this is an attainable career. I can do this," and it brings your confidence. <laughs> now, so no, so but it's now then you did you graduate UCLA so you could start getting work?
1: Yeah, I graduated and I had the best year of my life there. Um, I graduated and I, um, again, this person who this angel has submitted me to this casting director and this casting director took me under his wing. And so he began sending me out for other things. And he said, well, let me put you with this, a- this agency and this agency didn't want to sign me. I wasn't that good yet. You know, I really, I, I must admit I was not that good yet. Yeah. And um, but they still kept me around because he kept calling me in for everything. He liked me and he uh, he let me be the reader for him, you know for for when he was auditioning mail roles. So I got to learn a ton. His name is Paul Decker. amazing, amazing, influential person that he just really gave me that leg up. And I finally got a soap. and I did that for about a year and a half and uh, went through every single guy on the show as a as a potential, uh, love on the show, and nothing worked. So they um, they released me from my contract just a little bit well, early, like after a year and a half. And I was devastated. That was Santa Barbara. But, uh, that was Santa Barbara, and I had a great time playing bitch by day, slept by night. Um, but I, and I was devastated. But then my agent said, "Don't you worry. When one door closes, another door opens." And within a week, I has, was uh, testing for and got my first nighttime show, which was the famous Teddy Z with John
0: Cryer. That was, that was a good show. And it was so funny. You know, you think about it, careers and like John Cryer was in so many like sitcoms that were good, yeah. but they always seemed to get canceled after a year.
1: Yeah. That's what, that's his running joke. I mean, <laughs> he was <laughs> the one that if you cast him, he <laughs> sure to be doomed. He's a very funny man.
0: Now, yes. Now, what was it like? Well, you know, cause when you were in the soap opera, People soap opera fans are, um, let's just say, they're as passionate as Star Trek fans.
1: Yes, they're devoted. Like, in, and in soap opera world, in Paris or France rather, we were the number one nighttime show. So you know, it wasn't just the the prisoners in there in the you know in the cells loving the soap operas or writing to you, but it was really hardcore fans from all over. And oh my gosh, I loved it. I Seriously, had they not released me, I probably still would be doing soap operas. I love that kind of work ethic where every day you'd have this script of 60 pages. And yeah, I'm sure I wasn't in every scene. But some days you had, you know, you had to memorize 20 pages of, of material. That's a lot. And my brain was so happy learning all of that every day and then starting new the next day. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, it must be. Yeah, it must be very challenging because, you know, it's just it, there's so much content. and and But yeah. I also know it's very... I've heard on soaps it's you you have to nail it cuz they don't have time like TV no, to do no. 18 takes. You got to walk in and deliver
1: one or two takes and that's it. Yeah, the, my very first day was hor- horrifying because I really had no idea what I was doing. Really out of UCLA. I came from as a theater arts background. You can't you don't learn how, to, you know, hold your marks or anything like that. And the director swore at me because I, like, get, find your light. You know, he, he swore, I can't say this on this show, of course, but he swore, you know, that I could not find my light. I'm like, oh, I don't know how to, you know, open myself up to camera. I didn't know what that meant. I, I saw the camera was in front of me. I didn't think I had to still open myself up as if I was on stage. So it was a huge learning curve for me. But what an awesome, awesome group of people that I got to work with, all so talented And devoted and wonderful. I mean, I know that lots of people poo-poo soaps, but what an amazing training ground for every actor. I think everybody should have to go through a soap. It's like, you know, going to high school and to into college. It's the best. No, yeah, I liked it.
0: Now it must have been a weird transition for you, for the fact that you know, as you said, you have to be, you have to learn your lines, and you have to know every every day. There's an episode. So when you made the jump to the nighttime. And you know when I mean, that was was the that show you were on was that in front of a live audience?
1: Yeah, the famous heady Z was in front of the live audience. So, so again, I was blessed by this amazing talented crew all around me. Hugh Wilson, who did WKRP and the First Wives Club, he was our executive producer and creator of the show. He with Richard Dubin just made this amazing show. Alex Rocco was on it, and he won an Emmy. Um, that first, year, that year we only did one season, um, another political thing, but again, great training ground, I had no experience with comedy, I didn't find myself particularly funny, but somehow they let me do it anyway, and I had a blast, I had a blast, learned so much, and then suddenly there was all this, you know, you work for three weeks and you get a week off, that was awesome. And uh, Johnny and I actually um, we had a relationship. He and I were quietly engaged, actually, after okay. after many many months. So it became even more fun to work with someone that was so funny. I had to work. If you go back and look at some of these um, old episodes, even I think maybe there's some, there's one floating around where you can see me just barely holding it together, trying not to laugh while I'm working with him because. It was just so funny.
0: That's always looks so I, fun. I mean, when I see it like on Saturday Night Live and stuff and they start breaking up and laughing, it's just it, – it's got to be – it's got to be so hard for you to contain when someone is that funny, especially you're very close yeah. with them. You must have been yeah. like, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to look like I, a dope.
1: And we did all the time. And that's, you know, that's the part about being in front of a live audience too, which is so much fun because we would always – kind of worked in always, you know, one time where we're like it was okay to lose it. Yes, there's days that, that they just want to get it in the can. But there's other days it's like that makes the audience feel happy and and brings them in when they can see that we're just human beings, they were having a blast and that we're delighted by the by the material as much as anyone else is. Of course, when you don't have delightful material then yeah, <laughs> it could be a little bit different, but that was always 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 brilliant writing. Now,
0: how how much does you, like, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say much like you know, friends. You the, know, always brilliant
0: writing. Yeah, I was gonna say how it's like for you. How was it when the, that show got canceled? Because you're still young. A guy wins an yeah. Emmy. It's got a great. I mean, all of you guys. It's a great cast. It was a good show. How do you, as an actor, how do you sit there and deal with that when it's something? It's like you did nothing wrong. You know what I mean? The the show no. did nothing wrong. How does, how does that yeah. how do you deal that with with your psyche?
1: Well, yeah, I didn't do anything particularly for my psyche, but it really, this show was about, it was a send up of Hollywood. So it was an education for me, again, um, not only just on how to learn comedy, but to really learn Hollywood from the inside out. So it got to be so that we had so many agents coming, and agents and insiders and uh, network executives even that would come and watch the show, and Hugh didn't want them there because they would laugh so uproariously at the, all these inside Hollywood jokes that. He thought that wasn't a really true laugh, but the audience seemed to love it as much. But it was a political situation where the head of our you know, a studio was having a dispute with, um, with CBS. And so systematically, he canceled when he moved his studio over because he wasn't released from his contract. He canceled absolutely anything that had to do with his past life. And so it was, it was um, eye-opening. It didn't make me jaded. I was far too young for that. I just went, okay, well, then we go on to the next. I mean, I, I've always been kind of that Mary Sunshine girl where it's like there's always you know, something else that's going to happen that's going to be just as cool. But, um, it, it, you know, it just it was one of those many Hollywood tales that happened that that show should have gone on and had many, many episodes. I think that if they actually do ever really release it, in, I, I guess it's on some kind of one of the comedy channels, but I don't really don't know what it is but someone was saying that there's there are dvds out there someplace we were just like you know with just one season we just did one season but um they're so good i even now i want to go back and look at them because they really do teach you about hollywood almost better than most things <laughs>
0: that's funny so then, yeah. then now after that though but you 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 kept working because then you uh, eventually ended up on herman's head which yes. i love that I show uh, you know and that was one of those shows it was it was just good because it was different. And, you know, people, listeners, if you don't know, Herman was played by William Ragsdale and he had all different people as his brain. And now that must have been cool to be in a show because at the time, that was very a very original show and, and Fox was very new at that time.
1: Yeah, that was one of the very first shows. It was married. We used to have this joke that the people that would watch Herman's Head were you know too drunk to turn off married with children. <laughs> that was like I, our I, little, I, I, little I, joke. You know, because you have to be self-effacing, but um, it was a—we had a blast on that show. It really was super fun, and actually, a lot of people say, "Hey, they made a—they made a movie about your show, Inside Out, that was that um, animated film last year that did so well. Is really just like Herman's Head, except that we had more of a sexual element, of course, um, with Kenny Campbell playing this uh, part of the the lust part of the brain. It was just a fantastic cast. Hank Azaria who you may remember from many, many, many projects, including Birdcage. He was um, Billy Ragsdale's best friend on the show, Jason Bracken. We had Yardley Smith, you know, who was Lisa Simpson. So she was doing two Fox shows at the time. You know, Peter Campbell, who's on some big show right now. What is that? I don't know. (laughs) All my friends are still working. Molly Hagan. It was just an awesome, awesome, awesome show. It had
0: a blast. It's funny. I We just saw Molly Hagan the other night. I was watching Some Kind of Wonderful. It was on Channel oh. 5. And I love that movie. And I was like, I know her from somewhere. And I looked up and I went, oh, my God. Okay. And then, and then it was just funny because I'm like, Jane's going to be on. She was on her end head. It all revolves. Like, everyone knows yeah. everyone somehow. And it's very, it was, it's very cool. Yeah, so,
1: it's beautiful. I, I actually, I really want, I keep, you know, now that I'm back, I've been in Hawaii for seven years. And um, now that I'm back, I want to go. I want to have a Herman's Head reunion. <laughs> you gotta try to get.
0: I would watch. You know, you gotta you gotta try to get that on like uh, Hulu or or oh. Netflix. Do a new or new Herman's Head because now people would dig that. I mean, they would dig it. It's just, it's just it's it's now perfect.
1: You know, it would actually probably be a really fun concept to take the exact same cast and yeah. <laughs> do that again. Although I probably probably wouldn't be able to get Hank back or Yard and you Jason never, passed away. You, you, you <laughs> know. never know. Though. Kenny and Molly and I could do it with right. Lamas. <laughs> so that show yeah, ran. Mackenzie's on his show, yeah.
0: That show ran for a few years.
1: It did three years.
0: So now, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it must be odd uh, getting recognized because you know you, you're in these shows. Do people start recognizing you, and how do you handle that? You know, because it's one thing if you're a guy and you get recognized, but if you're an attractive woman and you get recognized, it can't always be that easy because people are friendly, and it must be it must be hard sometimes. It must have been hard.
1: No, you know, I've always been appreciative of anyone who's brave enough. See, the shy girl talking again—that they're brave enough to come up and say um, that they recognize me. Some people just come up like. Don't I know you from someplace? You know, they want me to reveal the, my resume. Um, that, that, that's the only part that's, like, a little fun. It's like, oh, really? Can you, okay, if you're going to do it, like, know it. <laughs> but I get it, you know. And then the one time you finally say, um, oh, yeah, it might be because you know me from Carol on Friends. They're like, no, I think I went to high school with you. I'm like, oh, oops. <laughs> <You> know, so, <laughs> it's best always just to be gracious. You know, let them guess why they think they might know. Now,
0: is that sweet? Now, Friends, how did that role come about? And when you when you got the part, did you ever know that it would become one of the most watched shows? I mean, everybody has seen an episode of Friends.
1: And uh, almost everybody. I, yeah, you know. almost. I
0: think, I would say most people. I mean, not everybody, but you know what I'm saying. But how did that part come up?
1: well i i i was I auditioned I had an audition um and uh, I read the script and just went this is so brilliant. I went in an audition that had such a blast immediately was called and and I was asked to um, to test for one of the main six and I said to my um, you know they wanted to make a deal immediately and um I, told, I said to my agent, did you tell them that I'm pregnant? And, the, and my agent's like, oh, no, 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 no. We thought that we should tell them after. I'm like, no. See, I'm married to a producer. <laughs> that would be so uncool <laughs> because this is probably going to be around that time. So they'd have to shoot around my pregnancy or my, you know, impending birth because I knew when I read the script that there was no way that it wasn't going to get picked up. It was such a phenomenal script. I loved it. I completely bit into it. I had one of my my most favorite auditions ever. And, you know, when the producers are crying because they're laughing and I'm, you know, crying because I can't believe that they're laughing (laughs) because I'm still shy, right? I just knew that that there was something really magic. And so when my agent came back, you know, because I insisted that they let them know, I said, just tell them, though, that maybe I could play the pregnant lesbian. And so they said, okay, my agent said, you know, they really appreciate you saying this, or my manager said this, they really appreciate you saying this, but you couldn't play the pregnant lesbian because it's exactly when the show would you know, be running again. Like, all right. And they, they said, but don't worry. They said they would remember you for sure. Like, okay. So literally the day that I get home from the hospital delivering my eight-and-a-half-pound baby boy, my second birth, it was after a 24-hour labor. man. I get, a, I get a phone call. Literally, I just walked in the door, and I'm thinking, oh, it's a phone call. This is when we actually had answering machines, but my answering machine was across the way, and I had just finished nursing my baby, and I'm really tired and really sore. Literally that day, I get this call, and uh, it's my manager saying, hey, guess what? Um, friends called, and they are not going to go forward with the woman who's playing the pregnant lesbian. Can you go to work tomorrow? Oh, wow. My- what are you kidding me I just had a baby and like yeah we know that but they said they would make it really comfortable I'm like oh my gosh I am so tired I just had a baby I love this part I love the show are you kidding like look don't make up your mind right now they're going to send you the pilot because they're quite sure that it doesn't matter how sore you are you're going to want to come in like okay send it over so they sent it over to me and I'm watching this pilot and I literally in that very first seen, when I see, the first time I see David Schwimmer come on, and he's doing the longest take I've ever seen, longest comedy hold that I've ever seen, I just went, I got to do this. I just got to do this. And so um, my mother was still there because I just had my baby. And so she and my two-day-old son went to Warner Brothers the next day, and I did my first um, day on Friends. And then 10 years later, well, now, how many years, my son is now, so He was he obviously two days old at that time. He's 21 years old, 21 and almost and a half years old. So that's when we started working on friends.
0: Wow, that's just. I mean, that's just that's such a great story. I mean, it's just it's like you know, it must have been an amazing show for you to sit there and go, okay, I'm 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 coming in. It
1: was amazing. If you've seen that (laughs) pilot, you'll see. I mean, I was laughing my heart out, and and you know, a couple of those people on the show, I knew from my past life. You know, I mean, I knew them. I knew Jennifer Aniston because she and I had been many, many um, women's gatherings together. I knew Lisa Kudor because when I saw her at the Tiffany years ago, I went up to her. I said, do you have an agent? Because I'm going to call up my agent right now and get you an agent. Um, I just fell in love with her immediately. And then um, Matthew Perry, he and Hank Azaria were best buddies. And so I'd always see him on the set. So I was like, this is going to be a dream job to work with three people I already love. Three more people that I you know I don't I don't yet know, but I can't wait to. And I was so so happy. It was just it was an amazing show. The woman playing my wife, Jessica Hecht, couldn't be more beautiful, couldn't have been more perfect for me to play acting, um, that I was in love with her. It was just dreamy that producers, oh my gosh, you just don't have a higher benchmark than these producers and these writers who really believe in collaboration, like nobody's business. So from cast, to crew, to producers, to writing staff, every bit of support above and below the line, it was the dreamiest, dreamiest job ever. The, you know, just, it really shows how much better we can do if we collaborate and we really.
0: Hold on. Hello? We had a little time out here people. One glitch. Hold on a second. It's all right. The show must go on. Skype crashed. We have a one little glitch. We'll be okay. Jane
1: I talking too long? <laughs> no, it just,
0: it just cut off. I don't know what happened. It said my program closed down. And, oh, that's
1: interesting.
0: And that's never happened. I was like, oh my God, what happened? But it's okay, because you are telling a great <laughs> right. story. No, because it, it's, you know, no. I mean, that's, I don't, I don't know. I know it's not because you talked too long, because believe me, I was talking to my friend the other night, and I, I, I never shut up when I'm not doing this. I listen to my guests, but when I'm talking on Skype, I talk my, my ass off. But now, I was, I was going to ask you about friends. Did you know it would be, recurring for all these the years that it was on or did you have no idea
1: oh gosh you know i they know when i actually when i accepted the part they said it would just be two weeks and that they would probably just read the, the character out and like well i can do two weeks you know but um i so i didn't know so it was always such a joy and surprise uh when they would call me up and ask if i could um You know, come back, and you know, in the interim, from that part, I was offered TV movies and other other pilots that um, and other TV shows as well. It was just, it was a beautiful entryway for so many great projects. Nothing could ever hold a candle to to that show. Um, But I did have the most amazing career working with awesome people who just let me come in the door because I had worked on Friends. So I'm going to be forever grateful for that show. It's like when you say yes to the universe, the universe rewards you. And so that's why i have just like, there's nothing that's, you know, beneath me when people come forward with great heart. And I've just been, I've been so great, you know, greatly blessed. I I can't, I can't take responsibility because I still feel like I'm learning, but wow, I'm so, I'm so lucky and blessed really
0: am Well you know what's also it's, it's for It must be uh, Different for you Is the fact that You know You had When Friends was on It was so watched And uh-huh. people knew you And now It constantly Replays And I'm sure kids are watching it With their parents Because we all do it With sitcoms We, we watch them My girlfriend watches Friends On Saturday It's on like Lifetime Or it's on one of the channels She'll put it on and, As you know Background Just watch it If she's doing stuff and it must be odd just an odd but different for the fact that people are watching it with their kids so now you're probably getting a younger a fan base and also like you're as you said you had your son when it was first shooting you probably have a whole fan base of people his age which must be sort of different cuz you're just like mm-hmm. wait a second this
1: is cool his age and younger too you know my 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 son i don't think he's actually even watched the show ever which is really funny we you know we like our kids were waldorf kids so we didn't really have tv on um and i was certainly raising my children so i didn't even actually really watch it except for the episodes that i was in until like a year ago when my now 15 year old said mom i'm the last person on the planet to watch this show please besides her brother um, please, can I watch the show? I'm like, I think it's a little advanced for you, honey. There's like pre ejaculation shows and stuff. No. <laughs> She's like, Mom, <laughs> come on. Everybody watches it but me. You're like, okay, how about we watch it together? Because I want to be the responsible parent. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad she did. I knew the show was brilliant. I saw it firsthand being on the set, but I was so happy to see the episodes that I wasn't in finally because it's really, really funny. So, Yes, her friends, like, uh, there was a parent day recently even where the kids were, um, you know, you can see that kind of, like, gleam in their eye that that isn't quite, like, just saying hi to someone's mom, that um, you know that there's maybe, maybe some recognition and, you know, some friend, some friend friendship going on there. It's, it's, I find it charming. I find that people who are, are lit up by laughter and by good storytelling I think it's wonderful that we should all. I, I'm not into the hero worship. It's none of that at all. I just think it's. I think that we can, we can meet each other in such a you know nicer way. And I'm so glad that they know me as this um, this character who is really groundbreaking. This was the at that time it was the highest rated television episode ever. The our wedding episode, which was the first lesbian wedding ever. And I was really so happy that that's how people know me is, um, as someone who was fully there for love, no matter how it, how it shows up that I was, that my character was fully present for love and courageous in her love. and that just makes me feel good.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that must be a great feeling because as you are right, you know back then, you know 20 years ago, you know the, the whole LGBT movement has changed so many over the years, and back then, people weren't used to seeing gay characters and yeah. and but the thing was people accepted it and that's what's great no one sat there and went oh, oh what's this crap you know they they, they actually, accepted yeah, it it.
1: actually that's the re- reason i mean but like lima texas blocked us out and there's two, two, two affiliates completely blocked out the show and that was like the best thing that we could have possibly hoped for because that's controversial actually as i you know station's shutting down the number one show at the time right so, you know, we still have a long way to go, and I don't necessarily need to go into the political thing, but the fact that we're even fighting for LGBT rights still, or, uh, you know, the, the, thank goodness finally we can get, you know, that um, we have marriage equality, but look what's going on with just our political campaign this year. It's been insane.
0: I, you know what? I, I that's, that, that's like a sore subject to me, the political campaign, just because, one, I... It's what is awful is, and this is maybe me being selfish, but I am I am annoyed with with it already. And we still yeah. have six months till the president comes on, and you know, till that that starts happening. And it's just it's taken over the news waves. And it's one yeah. of those things I don't really watch the Today Show, but my girlfriend does. But and she can't stand Trump. And she sometimes wants to mute it and I'm like, You're gonna miss half the head today show because every morning it's thrown in our face and I'm like, There's there's you know, these tornadoes. Canada, that fire is awful. I wanna hear about that and see how that's going. The political yeah. it's not gonna make a difference until November and that's the scary thing. I mean, I'm like, we have to put up with this through November.
1: Oh, I will it's reality show gone. You know, mad. It's really, really, really. I mean, these are important things that we should be talking about all this stuff, and we should be looking at the bigger picture of the world. But when we've got this, you know, racist, misogynistic, you know, ZFO that's just who's out there perpetuating hate and divisiveness, it's it's troubling to me. It's well, really deeply troubling.
0: We're going to take a veer away from hate. We're yes. going to take about spirituality. Because yes. I want to talk about you going to Hawaii, but I want to talk about the uh, the dancing hands and explain this whole thing and how you got into it. Because I know I know you worked on some documentaries about different stuff too. How did you get into taking the spiritual path? Did it just just oh,
1: happen to that's you? A or? That's a really good question. You know, I think always as a child, I um, I had this sense that um, that there was a lot more. So. Even with, though my mom stopped taking us to church when I was five years old, I would get on my bicycle and I would go from you know, church to church looking for God. And then I finally like, would climb up my trees and then that felt better. Or I'd go out on the sailboat or ride my horse. Whatever it was, I felt closer to God in nature. But I kept searching. I kept going from place to place. So that was always part of who I was as a child. And I always had this special um, desire to, to you know have God talk to me. And just, you know, or, or to talk to God. And so that was this part. But when I, and I guess it's always kind of been chucking along, but when I went to Hawaii, um, it was a very spiritual adventure. You can't live on the big island of Hawaii without feeling the the creative forces of the universe all the time. Not only is the Milky Way spinning over your head, it's magnificent and sh- stars shooting right and left, but just you just feel it. There's no way around it. Then, when I was um, just maybe there, not even a year, I think um, we got this phone call to if I would be interested with my husband to um, produce a documentary on this man named Brazzo. and he was a man who was reported to have gazed like ten thousand, you know, ten thousand people in a day, and this is like, and people, all sorts of amazing things would happen. Well, I thought, well, this is kind of goofy, but um, if this is true, that would be way cool. And so we decided to meet him. And one thing after another, I began to witness all these miracles up close And um, while we were shooting the documentary. And then um, he asked if I would help him with his tours on the Western region of the United States. And they soon became very, very successful. People, had, it was completely crazy out of the box.
0: What would happen on these tours? What were people seeing when they would come see him?
1: Well, they would see things. People would see, like, auras and angels and all that kind of stuff. But more than that, what they did was they felt things differently. And, you know, I saw things from stage 4 cancer disappearing over a weekend to uh, people regaining eyesight to people walking. Like, our very, very first live event ever. I mean, I'd had experiences when I was in Hawaii to shooting the documentary, um, including with my within my own family. But when I was the very first event there was a man who had come in who had not been able to walk more than a few steps unassisted and he literally got up um, walked up some stairs and outside and went and straight to our cameras and said i just experienced a miracle and he explained it so i knew that out of the box um this was something that was really remarkable so i worked with you know i worked with this man for about three years and um and we did live streaming and all sorts of things and um, walked away for various reasons, including that I was away from my family so much that I needed to take some time off. And then uh, about a year after that, I started working with a man named Masajadi and helping him around on his tours, experience another level and layer of miraculous. My body started independently moving, doing all these kind of healing yoga. It felt really good in my body. And I worked with him for about a year. And then after right after that, I was invited to meet this man named Abdi Electricite who also has been doing this for 15 years and he's also an extraordinary person who has abilities that um, not only help people heal but also wake people up to their gifts which I think the others do as well but that's more what Abdi would talk about and the second time this man touched me my hands began dancing and so it's just so crazy and again I would say it's the universe, God, pure source, however you want to call, label this, whatever this force is that brings us life and holds up the stars and the sun. All of that, it's it's um it's been one thing after another just to like let go. It's like, okay, shy girl, really want to get out there? Really want you know, you want, want to walk your talk now that this connection is really real? This is what's going to happen. So um, my hands started dancing and... It's you know if you go to my dance hands dot com website, you can see it's uh, it's a surprising to me even it's been going on for about a year now. It's surprising to me still every single day that I see these amazing things happen or feel and or hear them, as it was the very first day that I started.
0: Well, what do you mean when they dance? Like like if someone if you were to explain in a in like a. A sentence, so someone who's, <laughs> no, seriously, like someone's listening to the show and they're going, wait a second, the dancing hands, and maybe because, you know, they're driving and they can't good, check it know. out. But Nick's, what is, what I mean, explain it because it's, it's fascinating.
1: Okay, so here, I can give you a taste of it from right there, too, but they independently, they start moving, and I, I've been actually keeping them quite quiet this whole time, so they'll actually, they're actually starting to dance right now. They begin moving around as if they're dancing all by themselves. So we think of a dancer in a room. Now, when I'm with people in a room or in a circle of people or we're doing a one-on-one session, my whole body might move. But right now, as we're talking, my hands are actually dancing. So if you know what like yoga mudras are, which yogis you know, thousands of years ago came up with as um, c- connecting meridians of health within our body, it's like that, that they move very quickly. And sometimes they'll dance around. Sometimes they'll point to a different part on the body. And so for me, when it really popped through and I could see that there was true purpose in them, I mean, I could see that because people would start... The first time, let's go back to that first time. So they started like, you know, my body goes down when Abdi touched me. Um, and I went into this deep, deep, blissful state. And the second time he touched me, they started to dance. And so it looks like they're you know, moving around and dancing off, you know, dancing up above my body and moving around in different places. And people started to say they could see light coming off my hands. And they asked me to put my hands toward them and they could feel something coming out of them. And so, you know, like, okay, what is this? This, this is magic? No, this is, you know, and I've talked to Abdi about who has great gifts of inside. And he says, it's just pure source, coming through your hands, and pure source again is another word for God, but I try not to say, it's not me, it's not God, it's, I'm not God, I'm not, you know, I'm, you know not, I'm not saying any of that, it's just coming through me the way that sunshine comes through um, in the sky, you know, so that's what it's doing, and so they start moving around, so like, like right now, they'll start clapping and snapping, so you can hear that too, and, and sometimes they'll dance like that, they'll make sounds, and they'll, um, you know, move around.
0: Can you stop them when they're dancing, or is it? Or, I mean, or I mean, can you sit there and go, "I want to stop," or is it just something that it takes you takes over? Takes you over.
1: Well, it doesn't take me over, so it's not like I'm in a trance. I can stop them, and I can say, "Okay, that's well, that's enough," and now I can put them down and I sit on. Them, but the impulse is still there. It's almost like, mm, like your. Um, um, trying to push through a door, or, or like this excitement to go start skipping. I don't know. That's like it's, it's just it's a it's a feeling of elation once you just get out of the way. And it's again, I have to I, I put my what I call I put my ego aside because it's I feel still always shy about this, but um, I put my ego aside and I step out of the way, and they just kind of dance and they go freely. So you know, like let's say if you had something on your body right now that was hurting, you could I could ask you know, your higher self to come forward and it would show me, it would reveal something to me and then, and then it would start working on that. So, let's say, for instance, i had people so far in this, in this year and most recently I had this amazing um, experience. I, I Eric Lutz, who you had on your show yeah. not too long ago, he had Lyme disease and uh, when I met him he could barely walk up the stairs. He said he would have to take the rail and it was a huge effort for him to climb the stairs and, um, and I didn't realize how sick he was when we met. We did, we met we doing a movie together, but my hands. Um, when he did tell me about it, my hands began to move. I'm like, oh, do you mind if I started working on you? So he, since then, has had this Lyme released, and he's so strong. He just did a five k recently. He's. He's been working out, he's kind of, he's always been pushing through it and doing his best to make that. But there's been lots of things like nicotine addiction has been eradicated from him. I could I could feel this, you know, something was wrong. It would come out of him like I'd pull it out like, you know, if I was pulling threads, like, you know, snags inside of his body or, or like worms out of a out of the soil. It was just stuff that didn't belong there. And so he's in a really, really great place. But this last weekend um, this woman, I, as an old friend of mine, I could just feel something was up and I kept thinking, I got to call her, I got to call her. So I finally sent her a message. I'd love to talk to you. And she said, wow, your ears must have just been burning. One of the kumu on the island of Oahu had just told me that she, that I need to talk, contact you immediately. She could feel it through the, through the ether and that she, I didn't know this, but she had nearly died last year. And so she told me that much and I said, well, look, I Feel the great pressing need to to dance with you if you are open to that. She said yes, yes, yes. And so I said I'll give you my first available appointment. And so as soon as we started dancing, she, I said what What would you like me to work on? Because she still hadn't told me what was wrong. She did so said what had happened last year, but it didn't seem like that was still relevant. And so she said just let source go where it needs to go. Like okay, so. She's a, you know she's Hawaiian, an old school Hawaiian, and my hands started drumming and, and and clapping and snapping and doing all sorts of things, moving around, moving around as I'm sitting in front of my Skype screen. And she drops out of the screen; I don't even see her anymore. She's like on the floor or something; I'm not really sure. And then she comes back in and out in and out. So she tells me, I, I, oh "Gosh, this is a long, long story. I don't even know if you have time for this." No, it's
0: fine. It's fine. It's it's, it's, it's interesting. You know what? It's interesting to me. So we're gonna we want to hear it.
1: Okay. Okay. Good. All right. So. So she comes back on. I see her hands reaching to the screen. I'm like, How are you feeling? she goes, Great. And so, but she's, I can see she's way out, like, like she's really high, you know. And some people do talk about, like, this is the greatest high they've ever had. Um, Not everybody feels it the same way, but a lot of people have said, This is like LSD. And I've never done any of that stuff. So I can't have nothing to compare it to. But anyway, she, I can see she's high. So she comes back and she says, I feel really great, but I think I need to lie down. But one of the things that happened before she said that, my heart, my hand starts doing this. I don't know if you can hear this with the microphone. Can yeah. you hear that? Yeah. Okay. So it's beating around my left breast all the way around. I'm thinking, gosh, does she have breast cancer? No, no, no. That's not what this it it is. And then I suddenly hear, and I say immediately, what happened in the helicopter? And her mouth drops open. And, and, I, and I'm thinking, oh, I got it wrong. Shy girl jumps in, oh, I got it wrong. You know, I'm not, listening, I'm not listening properly. Why am I even talking, I'm not supposed to talk. I should just let this come through. And I said, did something happen in the helicopter? And she said, yeah, my dear friend died in front of me in a helicopter. And I, and I said, okay. And uh, she said, yeah, she, she and I were in Vietnam and we weren't even fighting, we were just tagging the body bags, and we got ambushed. And she threw herself in front of um, the bullet, and she took the bullet, and, and she died. Like, oh, wow. And I said, well, what it feels like is that you've tucked this pain, like a baby under your wing. And it's like, it's this pain is what's made you sick, is that you have this heartache. She goes, I think of her every day. And um, I said, well, She's saying that it was your destiny to live because you have healing gifts of your own that you've been hiding. But it's your destiny to live because not only when you heal, do you heal other people, but you're healing the land. The Aina is so important. The Aina is, you know, is sick. And we need more um, healers that are actually working on the Aina. This is what I'm hearing, right? And I'm just translating this verse. She's like, okay, okay, right. And I said, well, so what am I holding in my hand? And, and she said... Because I could felt like I was holding a chain. I was thinking maybe it was a dog tag or something. She goes, "No, I was holding a pendant over her." And she goes, "Because that's what we do." I was trying to, I was trying to heal her. This is all on my website, by the way. And um, and I, and I said, "Well, where is that pendant?" And she said, "I threw it in the ocean after she died." I go, like, "Okay." And then I looked down. My hand still in the same position. I said, "Why? What am I? Why am I still holding my hand like this?" She goes, "Because I still have mine." I said, "Okay." So again. Your girlfriend is saying you need to get get to work. You need to get busy, and first thing you do is we're going to heal you. You need to heal you, and this, and you being here and the dancing hands is about you stepping up and you recognizing how important it is for you to heal you now. Okay, and so that when the session was done, she said she's going to go to sleep. She, I, I I check in with her 45 minutes later though because I had to get off the phone really fast, and I said ask how she's doing. She said I don't cry. I'm not a crier. And she never really talked about this Vietnam thing. She said, but I've been crying for the last half hour. I know something's going on. And I feel like everything's going to be fine. I'm like, okay, good. So the next day goes by. I can't get a hold of her. Um, I'm too busy. And then Sunday she calls me. So it's literally 24 hours afterwards. She tells me, she goes, I didn't tell you this, but right before you worked on me, I had just gotten back from having my CT scan and my ultrasound. And they found a mass." And it was not only in my liver, but also um, in my uterus. And so, um, I didn't tell you that, I just wanted Source to do the work. So she said, but after the session, I slept for 12 hours and I woke up and it was time, they had called me back to get another CT scan and ultrasound because I needed to go in there because they had to go do the biopsy because they were gonna do surgery. There was no, no way around it. And so she said, so I woke up in the morning after your dancing hand session. I walked in there to the doctor and I said, You're going to tell me good news. He goes, I want to tell you good news. You've been through enough. You know, they almost lost her last year, right? And uh, she goes, I just know it. You're going to tell me good news. And so the doctor does the CC scan, calls her up that night, and he said, I want to know what you did. And she said, Why? He goes, It's all gone. The cancer's all gone. You're free. And so she said, oh, it makes me cry because it still, it, still, it still seems amazing to me because I love this woman besides, but I just, like, I'm so amazing to me because I didn't even know that I was, I, you know, I didn't know that I was working on it. Again, Jane steps out of the, out of the way and Pure Source is coming through and, and we've had this amazing um, transformation for my friend who's, who's obviously so grateful that she's going to be fine. See, that's awesome
0: yeah That must make you feel great I mean you know the acting's great but this is you're helping people and that, that that's very cool
1: it's, it's it surprises me and it's wild and I just who would have thought Eric and I were just talking about this morning who would have thought even a year ago that this would be happening I never in a million years I know did I ask for and I just never thought of it that this could happen but I think that's the cool thing is that this could, really can happen for everybody we all have this ability to connect with and ways that they can help people you know feel better like you doing this this show is helping people you know they're connecting with people that they want to connect with they're making them feel better you know we all have our ways
0: now now you know when you said you get the urge when your hands it just comes on now mm-hmm. how do you deal with that when you're on set like I mean because <laughs> if you're in if you're in a role I know you you're coming out in that movie the uh, Jessica darling with, with uh, the hit with, list, yeah. with Eric, like so, how do you do? Especially because you and Eric know each other, like, like, and he, you've done the hand thing on him. Like, does he know? Like, let's say, he got, I mean, does he know when it's coming? When the hand thing is coming on?
1: He does, but you know, I really wasn't exploring this until after we'd done the movie. Um, you know, they started to do that, but they weren't when I was doing the movie at all, and. It really wasn't until after the movie and I was in this um, really in, intense car accident that I realized that they had focused for something that was healing. And they did some self-healing. Again, that's also on my website. But it's an amazing story. And so I have not had the opportunity. And, you know, it's funny. My, my manager's like, you got to tell TMZ about this. I'm like, no, I don't think so. I think that this is better just passed along word of mouth and let people find it naturally. Because this is not about necessarily publicizing it about the right people being magnetized to it. I, I don't know what would happen if I was on the set, but it would be kind of cool. Maybe, maybe it would help people feel better. <laughs> I don't know. That means I probably can't do any like terrible drama. Not that I like to do terrible dramas anyway where people are you know, gnarly and sick or whatever, but maybe I'd help make people feel better. <laughs> I don't now, know.
0: That's crazy. So now
1: yeah.
0: now you're back. Now when did you come back from Hawaii?
1: Uh, about a year ago, a little, little, well, year, year and a half now, almost, I guess.
0: So yeah. So you you did you did plays over there and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I was directing. Um, I have a another play that actually was supposed to open in April, and we've had to push it to um, hopefully September because I've been so busy, um, I haven't been able to work on the play enough with the women that I've been writing it with. But um, yeah, directing, writing. I've got all that happening, and you know, it's so funny, my agents are getting me out for amazing parts, and the auditions have been, as like, truly, directors holding my hand saying, where have you been, that was awesome, and then not getting the part, and I think that maybe it's just because I'm supposed to be doing this for right now, and who knows what tomorrow will be, maybe we will stop dancing tomorrow, but right now, I've got this tour, I guess, hopefully not, <laughs> they won't stop dancing before... June because every day there's more and more people coming forward and getting help and you know you can see the testimonials on my website You know, I can't keep up with um, putting them up right now people have been really touched by this and so For now I'm touring. I'm going to Portland and the Pacific Northwest I'm going to back East for a couple of weeks and dancing my hands with events um, with groups you know, all over the place as well as I'm, you know, with people. So, I who knows what what will happen with the acting? I might be just too a little too weird. No,
0: know oh come on! I mean, you know, there's no this isn't weird compared to some of the stuff you hear about actors. I, I mean, seriously. Now, how do people find out about you? Like you're doing these groups? How do you're doing these events? How do people find out? Do you have a, a PR person that sits there and books you, or do people oh. sit there and just find you by word of mouth?
1: Yeah, it's been word of mouth. You know, I I didn't even when I I went to Costa Rica with Abdi and uh, 64 different people, 64 healers and helpers. And he when I came back, I did one more tour with him because I've been presenting him still, and I have a tour with him coming up at the end of May on May 29th. Also, no tour, uh, one day. But uh, he said you have to build a website as soon as he felt what was coming through. He said this is very powerful. You need to get a website up immediately. So I did. And from that, people have been writing to me and asking if I would come to their towns. And I'm doing what I'm calling the sweet spot tour. um, Because I think that I've always toured with these other people, to these big cities. But there's a lot of really amazing little towns that are meccas for change and transformation. So why not go to some of these really cool little spots? So. If you want, if people want to know about how to connect with me, they could go to com. It's pretty simple. They go to com. There is a redirect there also. That site is not built nearly as much as the jamesdancinghands.com because I've just been so busy dancing.
0: How how does it feel like for you now though, to go back and audition again back in the city? Is, is, it, is it different?
1: <laughs> I, I You know what? I I love every bit of it. It's actually it's more alchemical. I was, couldn't wait to try it out um, when I got back because I felt like I'd seen so much since I'd been gone and touring with these amazing men. And I feel like I just wanted to see what happened. And I, I, I've always seen the alchemical in what we do as actors. We co-create with our audience this reality that we all buy into. It's more acute when you're doing a theater piece because it's not all the set pieces are not all together but I've always loved that magic that we can create together so I've, I've adored going into these rooms and having these auditions with people and, and, and kind of watching where again as an actor would Jane steps out of the way so that this character can come through and it's been way cool I gotta I gotta say it's been very different and much much cooler than I ever remembered it before I love it I always love acting. I mean, it's super fun not to be myself because I'm just
0: a geek. Your hands just danced right then. I heard them. I
1: <laughs> do. I heard
0: them. I heard them in between <laughs> your talk and I heard, I, I heard this. I heard that. And I said, yeah, her so dance. Well, that's a I good, good do thing. Do is that practice. a good thing if I'm talking to you and you're dancing? Is that is that something It's a positive thing for me? Or are your hands no. going, oh, my God, there's something wrong with Steve? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, Steve. You know what's so cool about this, too? Yeah, I'm definitely. Here. They're dancing for you right now. And people that are listening to this, when I've um, done radio interviews with people, when people listen to the radio interview, when my hands are dancing, they feel better. I've even had people say, you cured my insomnia. I'm like, well, wait, did you fall asleep? <laughs> <All> <laughs> I was listening to the radio show. Like, no, 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 I can sleep now. And like night after night, which I, <laughs> I always love that. Um but no, actually, when I when my hands dance, the, one of the coolest gifts from my, I would say it's my party gift to myself that I, the source is giving me, is that I only see perfection. So I am completely like, if you were standing in front of me, even now I can just I can see who you are. But all I don't, it's not like I'm pouring through your diary. I'm actually just see your perfection. And so I think that's what this the glorious part of this gift is for me is that when I'm dancing. I get to look through the eyes of God and God only sees us it's perfect or a source pure source I want to take away the God work word so heated for so many people so I, I try to do something that's kind of right. in between but the, um, but I only see this perfection so you know everything inside of you or anyone I'm working with or even this whole audience that they're listening to is is only being washed in this perfection so anything that's less than that kind of gets um, you know blasted with with love cool. or light or clarity you know so um, it might go toward like if you had a sore back or something like that it might go work on your back or you know your okay. knee or your you know, ankle whatever it might be or your, some broken heart it could be it could be emotional or professional okay yeah
0: we gotta, we so, gotta wrap we, we gotta wrap up that was that, okay. was that flies now you have to give all your info so people can get in touch with you
1: so again, they can reach me or find any of these events or me at jamesdancinghands.com or Um and it's J-A-N-E-S-I-B-B-E-T-T, um, uh, or they can just Google me and they can find it. There's a lot of YouTubes on this, too, so they can see this in action.
0: Cool. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. It was good to talk to you.
1: Uh, good to talk to you, and thank you so much, Steve, for having me. I oh, really no, appreciate no, no. it. So,
0: people, please go follow her. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Cooper talk. That's at Cooper talk. Go to my website, CooperTalk.net. I have over 508 episodes or something like that up. You can email me, Cooper, at CooperTalk.net. Also, um, Instagrams Cooper Talk One. I do a lot of cool pictures on Instagram. A lot of recipes, and that's my other site, uh, StopTheSalt.com. You know, when I have my health problem, I wrote the cookbook. It's 120. Easy recipes, no pictures to intimidate you. You don't, no, no big ingredient lists. You know, I cook with a lot of ingredients, but these are easy. Like, you're not going to find cumin in there. You don't need cumin to cook something, but it's 120 easy recipes, and it helped me get through. You know, get healthy again after I went through my heart problem. So that's at stopthesalt.com. You can get it at Amazon, but if you get it from stopthesalt.com, I make more money, and I will sign it for you. And so yeah, and also words with friends. Cooper talk one. I've been getting bombarded with requests to play and it makes me smarter and makes us all happier. So go check out Jane Sibbett. Google her. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Cooper Talk. And don't forget, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my friends. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, and I will talk to you guys next week.